everyone, and welcome to another edition of the V Auto Podcast. I'm Lance Helgeson with V Auto, and I'll be your host for today's episode. Now, our topic for today's podcast addresses an issue that's on the minds of many dealers as they look to reach their new and used vehicle sales goals and profits, how best to merchandise those vehicles online to capture customer interest, engagement, and get their business. My guest is Jeremy Nowling, who knows a lot about this topic. Jeremy oversees the merchandising strategy and execution for the Rohrman Auto Group in the Midwest, and he's graciously agreed to share his perspective and time with us today. Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on the show, Lance. I greatly appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for being here. Now, as a, a starting point, Jeremy, perhaps you could give our listeners a little bit of clarity and context on your role with Rohrman and maybe a quick snapshot of your career and how you landed on merchandising, you know, as a key focus for what you do. Sure. Well, like uh, most of the listeners on this call, I'm a lifelong car guy. I've been doing it for you know 23 years now, and I've seen a lot of things happen in the industry. Uh, my current role with the Roman organization is sales, digital retailing, and implementation director, uh, meaning anything that has to do with the sale of a vehicle or sales process or uh, setups or what's the best technology to use for our consumers to have the best experience. Um, I, I do a lot of research on that and then toy around with it. And um, when it comes to digital retailing, it's become a, a recent passion. And so I, I drive to to find out how can I market my vehicle the best to get the most eyeballs on it that will lead to a conversion. And, and so it's been a, a fun experience uh, trying to find out what works and what doesn't work. Um, it, it, other areas that I, I'm in currently is uh, I volunteer um, as a junior professor at Northwood University mm. and engaging with those students. Um, and the instructors there, it's helped me to, to get a competitive advantage to understand what are we teaching today's or tomorrow's uh, car people uh, mm -hmm. that are going to be coming into this industry and, and what are they focusing on? And a lot of their focus has, has moved towards uh, digital retailing and knocking the borders out of uh, your, your dealership to be able to sell anywhere. And by becoming a digital retailing expert, you can actually sell cars anywhere in the country now. That's very true. Well, let's 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 digital retailing is a big topic. So let me just narrow our focus here for a minute uh, and the duration of the podcast on kind of the merchandising aspects yeah. of, of digital retailing. And and given all the research and testing and trying that you just spoke of, uh, Jeremy, I'm kind of curious. How over the last maybe three to five years would you say that merchandising has really changed and why? Well, I'll hit the why first. So if you okay. go back, if you go back three years, I would say that COVID changed a lot of things on, on retailers on how do I get my consumers to see my vehicles better? And um, the purpose and how it's changed is we can go back as far as you want. But if, if we're going to focus on three years, uh, three years ago, we didn't pay a lot of attention to uh, the third party platforms and the algorithms of what drives your vehicles. And so for three years ago, uh, when there was the 
the COVID outbreak and manufacturers start to um, slow down on production, there was, you could just take some of the markets. So a Chicago land market may only have, you know, 5,000 new cars and, you know, 15,000 used cars for sale. Mm -hmm. It's when a consumer is shopping, are they going to go through 300 pages of inventory to find the vehicles that they're looking for? What can you do as a dealer to merchandise that vehicle to get the extra lift to put you on the first 20 to 50 pages where a consumer will focus? And even if they're brand specific, how can you get those eyeballs on your vehicle first versus last? What about so what are the elements now now price will certainly have an impact you know on on how stuff shows up on auto trader and and the other classified sites but as we think about how you show the car and and the merchandising what are you what have you find found um, that are sort of must haves today that maybe weren't must haves not so long ago well, when you if we if we look at just Auto Trader, there are things that drive that algorithm, and it's a newly listed price badge along with the good price badge, the great price badge, um, and so when you think about trading in a vehicle, if a dealer's average reconditioning or time to online presence exceeds seven days, they already lose that advantage on the newly listed algorithm push, mm-hmm. and so by taking a vehicle and, and immediately uploading multiple trade-in photos that are good trade-in photos, not the interior being dirty or a customer's license plate. Those are things that will help to get those eyeballs on your vehicle sooner. When you look at, um, at adding additional things within merchandising with 360s, um, mm-hmm. driving that customer experience, uh, putting good banners on the vehicle um, that are relevant to that vehicle specifically. Those are things that will help to, to provide you better merchandising as well. I'm not, I'm not so sure that everybody, and, and I'll, I'll raise my hand and include myself in that mix. When you talk about banners, uh, Jeremy, what, what do you mean? What's, a, what's the banner and, and what are the kinds of things you like to feature in, in the banner? Yeah, so we're, we're kind of new to this and we've allowed the stores to take control of what they would like to push. So with banners, you can put anything from special APRs to recently discounted to um, specific features on those overlays. Um, You can put um, anything additional to like uh, recent trade. You You can customize each and every banner that you would like to put on each individual vehicle on your inventory and having it properly display on those third-party sites, that may be a feature or uh, a special promotion that catches that customer's attention to Mm -hmm. be able to click further into that funnel and and then go into the VDP. I'm curious, as we talk about merchandising, uh, Jeremy, what differences might exist, if any, between how you might merchandise a new vehicle versus a used vehicle? Well, a used vehicle is a very specific car, right? I mean, there's not two of them alike. So on a used car, the way that I would merchandise that is what were the qualities of that vehicle when it was traded in? Do you know much about it? Was it a one owner vehicle? Was it something that you serviced? Was it a lease trade in? where you know the, the vehicle history on that car, and can you publish that? 
Um, so many vehicles and concerns from consumers are that a vehicle was a rental car. And how is that vehicle driven by over a hundred people? Whereas mm -hmm. if you can publish that the vehicle was a leased vehicle, one owner trade-in that was serviced at your dealership, and you can put that in your overlays and banners, that may capture that customer's attention. No accidents, right? Because if the customer doesn't make it to the Carfax to actually view that, and you can say that in a banner or an overlay, that it was a no accident, one owner, all service vehicle, they'll catch that as they're going through the carousel. And then hopefully that leads them to the end of the, the lead to where they, they submit a lead on that vehicle. And, and so if focusing on used vehicles for a second, what about the type of work that you guys might do to recondition a car? How does that play into sure. the, the, the merchandising mix? Sure. So you can publish that and, and we and we may get to the point where we talk about intelligent promotions, but there's things that, that you can do within either the overlays or the banners or even billboards that you can publish what you do to uh, uh, inspect a vehicle on your lot. Um, and every, every dealer, I'm sure, has a different multi-point inspection. But if you're telling the consumer through the carousel that you performed 160 point or 175 point inspection on this vehicle and it's completely reconditioned and ready to go that's just another way of talking to the customer through the carousel mm -hmm. now i've noticed in looking at some of the vehicles at one of your stores indy honda specifically jeremy um that, that they generally and i'm thinking on the used side here uh it seems like 36 photos is is fairly common. Um, I'm, I'm curious why that number is sort of your chosen number. And secondarily, as you guys think about the sequencing of what goes where in that carousel, how do you guys think about that? Sure. So with the 36 photos, um, I remember when it used to just be, you know, get 15 photos. Yeah. These are these are recommendations by the third party marketing companies. So what I've done is I've, I've collected uh, a lot of information from a lot of the third parties um, and, and ask them what drives that algorithm. And photos is always one of the, the top. Right. And with consumers mm -hmm. nowadays, they don't have the time to visit six dealerships on a Saturday. They, as a matter of fact, they spend, you know, 10 to 14 hours online. So if I want to talk to a consumer, I want them to be able to see every photo that I can take on this vehicle. And by doing that, that's also helping me to drive my relevance on those sites. Um, but it, more it comes down to providing that consumer the best experience possible digitally. Um, and the other question of, so we did, a, go ahead. Well, sequencing, I guess, you know, you got 36 photos, what goes first, what goes last and what's in the middle? Well, you want that angle to talk to the customer, that limo pull up, right? You want it to mm -hmm. just show them how does it look as they're walking out to it. So we try to make that our very first photo. And as going through the rest of the sequence, there's there's been multiple studies. And I can turn to the Cox uh, photo study that you guys have performed as where does the customer focus and at what point do we lose their attention? And mm -hmm. if, if you're looking for those specific photos, it doesn't always have to be all exterior photos first. You could do it with an exterior followed by a dash photo, followed by what does the center console look like, by the side vision and what does the car look like in the trunk. So you want to be able to talk to that customer through that photo sequence. And, and furthermore is, is when you get to the end of it, 
do you have a 360? Can that customer grab all of those photos that you took and spin it around and, and go into detail and look for features that are on that car? Interesting. Now, you, you mentioned a moment ago about intelligent promotion. That's that's something that Cox Automotive offers. Um, how are you using that particular solution in your merchandising mix? Yeah, so I have a, a few guys that have, have jumped on this very quickly. And you can, you can create multiple promotions within your store that will help to automate the merchandising on your vehicles. And if you like um, certain banners and overlays to be published on every single vehicle, it can do it. If you want to build billboards that talk about you as a dealer, you can push that in there as well. If there's certain advantages of buying a car that's been through these multi-point inspections that qualifies for certain warranties or benefits, you can put that in there. And the billboards is just a, another way of, uh, if you think about, you know, driving down the road, right? What do you see all up and down the interstates? Billboard after billboard after billboard. Right. So if you can strategically place those billboards within your carousels, that's just another way of being able to talk to consumers. And you, you touched on a point there about efficiency, you know, doing things in sort of an automated, not manual kind of way. Um, and, I, and, and we spent a few minutes here talking about all these elements, you know, photos and uh, 360s and, and, and billboards and such. What would you say, Jeremy, is kind of the average time it takes to properly merchandise a car, given all the things that, that you know, you want to put put out there? I would say that you can properly merchandise a vehicle within 20 minutes now. And that's on the high side. If you're, if you're really good at it and you're, and you've, and you've got the repetition down, you know what boxes to check. And we provide that information to our merchandising managers or, or used car managers that are putting it out there. Um, it's changed over the years because over the years it was, Hey, go take some photos and you would take those photos yourself probably. And mm -hmm. now, you have teams of people, whether they're um, lot service providers or you've brought in your own spin booth and, and you hired a team that handles your reconditioning and your photos. That's helped to alleviate a lot of that time that you would spend merchandising. So, so say 20 minutes on the high side is less than what it might have been a couple of years ago. Is that yes. fair? That's fair to say. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Now, and you just mentioned something I want to get into. You have merchandising managers at your Rorman stores. So tell us a little bit about how, and I, I think you mentioned earlier also, Jeremy, that that they kind of have a little rope to run with in terms of how they do things. So I'm curious how you manage what they're doing. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk about measuring the results, but let's, how do you keep everybody kind of on the same page and rowing in the same direction? Sure. So our used car director is Luke Rorman and he, he follows, uh, he's, he's very, very well organized. And, and uh, these guys are pretty sharp when it comes to the market and what do we need to stock and uh, what's selling currently in the market, right? And mm -hmm. so they'll set up some parameters for these merchandising managers. And a merch manager is something we didn't hear of eight, 10 years ago, right? right. That was something that, that came along when inventory became very scarce and you needed somebody to watch all of the different auction sites. 
And obviously, you know, the, the days of raising your hand at the auction, those are over. So now it's all about how many proxy bids can I put in to acquire these vehicles? Well, a traditional used car manager or a sales manager, it's impossible for them to sit there and TO customers, desk deals, acquire new inventory, um, and, and then, then their day-to-day -day responsibilities. They can't just sit there and buy cars all day. So the merchandising managers have been a great asset to the, the stores now as we look to continue to grow our inventory. Um, inventory shortages were never a thing with us on used cars. Right, right. We didn't have that issue. We saved stock the entire time and we still continue to do so. And strategically, um, I would say that, you know, that's a better question for Luke. But when you set up certain parameters of, hey, don't buy, buy vehicles that are older than this or exceed these miles or, you know, the, the day supply exceeds this. Those are just some of the parameters that we set up for those guys. And, and so then if I'm reading you right or hearing you properly, Jeremy, so the merchandising manager actually tends to have a purchasing acquisition role as well. That's correct. Okay. And and do you find that blending those roles just is, so in other words, I guess they, they've got, they can get the right car following the parameters that Luke sets out. Um, but then the merchandising can kick right then and there. It's is that how they, they work? It's instant. So if you want to get a vehicle, if you want to get eyeballs on a vehicle very quickly and you have somebody who's off site or down the road buying vehicles for you, you at the desk don't know that. But that merchandising manager, he knows that he's still inside of that auction site and he can download those photos, immediately publish those those photos and Again, go back to using different overlays or banners to say just acquired in transit, whatever you want to say, to be able to start generating those eyeballs on the vehicle sooner. Is there a, uh, and, and to your point, uh, Jeremy, that, you know, merchandising managers as such didn't really exist. So what does that type of individual look like? If I'm, let's say I'm a dealer, I've never been down that road. Sure what are the characteristics and skill set that I should be thinking about if, if I want to go there? I would say look for the guys who I could age myself on this as well, but our old school guys that they, they, they like to go raise their hand at the auction and carry around a black book, right? Now, mm -hmm. if you show them how to jump on Stockwave and look at multiple sites and acquire vehicles, that could be one, that could be one guy that fits this, the, the, the role, but you can also find, and we have found many uh, guys that are very tech savvy and mm -hmm. they can jump through multiple sites and know how to navigate through those sites and put out all of these proxy bids to acquire those vehicles and merchandise them. And, and is, so I guess, how do you, is there last little thing on the merchandising side, are it, how do you measure a job well done? On, on merchandise. How do you know all these things are working? And I'm just curious, if I'm your merchandising manager, how do I get compensated for doing the right job? Sure. Well, obviously by uh, how many vehicles that they acquire would be one true way of measuring them. For sure. In the same region and you have multiple stores in that region and you've got one guy that at this store that acquired 100 used vehicles from auctions and the guy down the street only acquired 25 that's who I'm focusing on is the guy who only bought 25. What's his hesitation? Why does anyone pull the trigger? Is he not putting out proxy bids out? Is something else distracting him from his main focus, which is 
vehicle acquisition. Mm -hmm. As for pay structure, those pay structures can be built multiple ways. And obviously um, our pay structure is to incentivize them to buy the vehicles that fit those parameters. And without getting into actual dollar amounts, I would say that that's something set up by the used car director, Luke Gorman, um, with the guidance of also our CEO, Ryan, and being able to, it has to be something that incentivizes them because anybody who's buying vehicles, they already know how tough it is, right? Yeah. It has to be something that motivates them to get in there and put out multiple bids a day and to be able to circle back and to acquire those vehicles and not just focus on one specific site. They have to, they have to branch out and look at everywhere. And then right. it all, I think it all comes down to training and do you have a solid process inside of your store for that merch manager to be able to acquire vehicles and then go straight to merchandising those vehicles. And so it's, it's a twofold, right? So if I, if I have someone, do I want that guy to just click and buy and he throws a, a buy sheet over and it waits two or three days before it gets stocked in or a description is reviewed on that vehicle? No, I don't want that. We would want a vehicle that's acquired, stocked in, merchandised, and published all within that same time frame. I see. So part part of my pay plan, if I'm that person, would be about the timeliness and the thoroughness of my merchandising. Correct. Like that piece is also a Okay. Yeah. Okay. We pay a lot of attention inside of the merchandising tabs within Viato um, that that push us to also focus on time to online presence. Um, mm -hmm. Time and price. Yeah. So that, those are good focus areas. Okay. Uh, a couple, two other, two other questions. Um, when it comes to measuring the effectiveness of merchandising, I mean, if you're selling cars, you know, and, and you're meeting, you're not every month that, that would seem, seem to say it's working. But if you look closer, what are the kinds of metrics, Jeremy, that, that give you a sense that, Yep, for this car, the merchandising is okay, but for this one, maybe not so good. Yeah, so um, VDPs, that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. Um, you can look at, if, if you're tied into Venn Solutions as a CRM and you have that tied into Viato and you wanna see um, how many leads and opportunities have come in on that vehicle since you acquired that vehicle. If I have a car and let's just say, um, you know, I think everybody has a couple of those cars that could maybe exceed 60 days, but in 60 days, if that, that vehicle hasn't had an internet lead, a phone up or a walk-in on it, what's wrong with that car? Yeah. Does it come down to the price? Was it a bad buy? Was it not the right equipment? Have we not merchandised this vehicle? Because anybody can just keep continuing to hit discount, discount, discount. Sometimes it's just the wrong car. And at what point do you decide it's time to go ahead and cut your ties on that vehicle and just get rid of it? Okay. Um, one final question, Jeremy, let's pretend that you have a crystal ball. Uh, and I guess I'm curious if we look ahead, maybe three to five years, how do you think merchandising vehicles will look different than it is today? And, and maybe what should dealers be doing to prepare for that? Well, I would say that as, um, social sites become more relevant and today's shopper is I think that you'll start to see more and more people pushing out to um, you know the Facebook the Instagrams the, the TikToks and um, obviously your third party your big three right your auto trader car gurus and cars.com and does that align with the strategies of 
what the store believes, right? So um, one, one thing for us is, as I'm paying a lot of attention to, is a lot of these third parties are looking for that end-to-end solution for a consumer, right? Mm-hmm. So, and when you talk end-to-end, I mean, you know, cars, car, uh, car gurus, you can now select different lenders. You could build out your deal. Do the dealers know how to do that? Do yeah. I know how to do that? Right. And, and those are a lot of the things that I'm studying very hard right now is um, if, if my shopper sees my vehicle, have I done everything that I need to do to make sure that his experience is very transparent so that he knows I bought a quality or traded for a quality used vehicle that I can assure him that the service was done, that the there's no blemishes that are going to cause him to not like that vehicle when he comes into the store. Because if, if that merchandised vehicle is not true and you have bad photos, that's going to prevent that customer from even putting in the lead on that car. But even further is when you get to the digital retailing side of the merchandising, that customer now and has for a little while been able to build out his deal with down payment, monthly payments, submitting his trade in, submitting his credit score. I would say that that next step is those consumers being able to go ahead and click a checkout button and buy 100% online. And at what point does that car get to their front door? And do we offer that service? Because that's another big thing with merchandising is if you're not offering to deliver vehicles, you can go into auto trader. If, if you, if that button's not checked, your vehicle's not going to display on those screens. Interesting. That's that's good guidance for the future, Jeremy. You know, thank you for taking the time and sharing your perspective, Jeremy. I'm grateful for it. And I think it's going to be a useful podcast for our listeners. Thank you. No problem. Thank you as well. It's been a, it's a you know, it's a evolving market. And you know, I think we all learn something new every day. And if, if we refuse to continue to learn, that's where we're going to be stuck in our ways. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing to listen to the show as we go forward. Wonderful. Thank you, Jeremy, once again. And all of you listening in and watching, thank you for joining this episode of the V-Auto Podcast. Until next time, stay well.